Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Löwenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. Today's topic is profitable website traffic in a general sense. And we're going to talk about uh, that, but also virtual events and inbound marketing and efficient Legion strategies for software companies together with an expert in this area, Mihail McGrath, team leader and inbound specialist at Populo. Welcome to our podcast, Mihail. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. First yeah, time. so good to have you. And uh, you're based out of Ireland in Cork and uh, have an Irish name that I hope I pronounced uh, <laughs> in the right region at least, but it's very, uh, very interesting story you have also with Populo, the company you're working on. So, so maybe you can give a little, a little background, starting out with uh, your background from Pusha, uh, you know, who you are and, and also how you ended up as an inbound specialist and, and uh, team lead at Populo. Yeah, so I suppose my background has always been technology. Um, I would have graduated from university in Cork called um, UCC um, in a kind of computer science background. But my fascination was always how social media works, how these technologies works. I'm a real kind of data head and I love all that. Um, but I, I kind of went down the path of marketing from that and just kind of fascinated at how those tools worked. Um, and eventually it led me into a career in Popolo where I've had a number of different positions over my time. Um, Popolo is based in Cork, as we said, but it also has a, another office in, in Boston, our US side office. And Popolo is a software company that focuses on employee communications. So our software essentially allows uh, leaders in large organizations to connect their employees across their entire organization. So it's a real purpose-led and measurable platform that allows uh, people get the comms out to the right people so there's not any issues with noise um, and it also gets you sort of insight in terms of understanding are your employee based engaged in terms of what you're doing um, so we have an incredible audience we have over 850 customers wor worldwide huge brands like Rolls Royce and, and uh, Boston Scientific and ASOS and an incredible portfolio of customers and they're dedicated to use the platform um, on a, a side note, then as well as I'm also a lecturer in digital marketing in, in Munster Technology, uh, Technology University in Cork, um, which is based in Cork and Kerry, is about 18,000 students um, in its campus, um, all working remotely at the moment and lecturing uh, remotely, which is a challenge in itself. But um, yeah, I absolutely I'm a, love everything marketing and digital marketing led. And that's my focus. And I, I'm lucky enough in Popolo to work with a very dedicated and um, talented kind of digital marketing team. Mm. Yeah. Wow, what a story. And it's so interesting. And 
I know that Popula have been a really success story. Uh, I mean, founded in 2005, 2006 there, and today you're close to 300 employees and have offices in the States, as you say, and global clients uh, among the top Fortune 100 and so forth. So, I mean, that's by all standards, a really successful company history in, in, in just 15 years. So, uh, there's a lot of things I would like to dive in here, but I know one thing you have done really successfully in the in in the past is you have held virtual events, and one of the events was over six thousand persons uh, held. Can you can you give us a little bit of background? How you have developed your virtual event strategy so well? Uh, absolutely. Um... I suppose in Popolo, we have a history of running physical events like many other software companies. We would have had our summit event that would have had 200 attendees. Um, we would have had smaller events for our customers based, based in physical locations. Um, and I suppose we saw the digital space opening up. We actually had planned for the virtual bootcamp, as we call it, the Popolo bootcamp. That, that was going to take place in May. Um, this was May 2000, before coronavirus hit. Um, so we, we were lucky enough to have something in the works. I suppose when coronavirus hit then, it was a case of all the focus went into this virtual event. Um, and it was, I suppose, for us, what we saw in it um, was a tactic that could could really spring forward some of our organic channels. So it's like, we can always, you can always scale up paid. You can always scale up certain channels in terms of performance and getting big registrants. Um, but it's a lot harder to scale up things like direct traffic or um, social media traffic. And you'd have to spend a lot of time curating it. I suppose we saw the opportunity with a virtual event to, to connect with a load of really strong influencers in the market. And, and for let their audiences essentially on one specific day power our um, our brand and power all our organic channels. So that's the way we viewed it. Um, and as I said, I think this was going to happen anyway. I think the virtual event space was always going to take off, um, and we were kind of ready for that. But now, so it's 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 incredible. Like it, it is um, statistics in terms of virtual events are, are, are huge at the moment in terms of every organization is trying to achieve something like this. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So interesting. And what a success. What, just a practical yeah. question there. What kind of platform, software platform, in order to host this event, did you use for, for such a big event? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we currently use a platform called On24 for our webinars. And mm -hmm. um, so it's a typical webinar platform, very strong, um, always great for reliability and support and everything like that. Um, it's not necessarily a virtual event platform. It's not bespoke for that, but it's bespoke for webinars. And we've used it over a long history. So we kind of, what we did was we almost made a bootstrap version that was a link between our HubSpot platform, which is our CRM, um, and our webinar. So our virtual event was nine hours long. It was almost 12 sessions back to back, back to back. So it was quite, quite a big event with... 20 odd amazing speakers and that's what i was speaking out earlier and wow. um, and so it was it but we what we we did it was it was almost like um 12 webinars back to back 
and we created the HubSpot landing pages to make it very easy to go in and out of the platform. And it would naturally flow from webinar to webinar. And it was, it was quite a succinct day. We got actually quite a lot of um, uh, praise and kind of feedback in terms of how clean it moved toward the day. And that was a big focus for us um, to make sure that just really easy access, just a simple registration. And that helped with our, it was just fill it in your form. And we sent all the comms through email to these landing pages and people could flow through the day. Oh, yeah. so interesting. Did you, did you have it in one session or was it 12 different webinar sessions where you moved between the sessions in, in terms of time and interest or did you have parallel sessions as well? It, it was, we didn't do tracks. We, we decided that we would go for 12 individual sessions. And the reason we did that is we really wanted to use the, the data to understand who was in what session um, to understand that really, really well. And the actual feedback that we got is, okay, nobody is going to attend a 12-hour conference. I, I think mm. everyone is okay with that. Mm. Um, but what we understand that people would actually attend four hours on average. So that, that was incredible for us. We were understanding that you know, people would come in the morning, they'd come back when they had free time. Um, and by having it as all different sessions, we were able to gather that type of information. Um, so I, I thought that was that was very interesting. Oh, so interesting. D did you see any trends on uh, was it your uh, clients uh, presenting cases, or was it more your internal speakers, or was it external keynotes? What, what drew the most attention? Did you see any trends there, or if if you're a practitioning marketeer here, how should you think in setting up such a agenda <laughs> it, you know what, it, that's a really good question um because it was something that we didn't know at the very beginning of what we what the customers or what our prospects particularly wanted to see and mm -hmm. um, so we went with kind of a variety and i think that actually paid really good um good that paid very well for us so we had some big keynotes some people some big names with big followings um but only a handful we didn't have a full long list of that then what we decided to do was have customers on talking more practical things, kind of like this podcast. Because um, some people are, you're going to have different personas attend an event like this. You want, like if you want a big registration rate, and um, like what we were trying to do, you have to you have to tackle it from a strategic angle and a really practical angle as well. So you need to have mixes of different pieces of content. And personally, what I loved was what we had was kind of fireside chats which had no presentation, similar enough to this, a discussion. And for me, it was like, um, like we, had a, we had a presentation with Ikea um, in, in February. And it was, like, it was like a through the key door kind of scenario where you kind of got an inside view into an organization. And then you could really see the culture and all the great things that they were doing there. Um, and I personally, I love that. And, and from a marketing standpoint, no matter what, no matter what, subject matter you're trying to to, to get across i think that sort of that sort of like inside view is, is interesting yeah i love that yeah wow well congratulations to a very successful setup there so interesting to hear and i know there's a lot of companies you know trying to pull things uh, similar to that off but it's it's not that easy so i mean it's it's a lot of things a lot of moving parts you should coordinate i know uh, I know there's a lot of hard work between that success, so great to hear. You're also yeah. working a lot with driving mm. traffic, which is, you know, 
our topic for today is, let's say, profitable website traffic, since you're driving inbound leads and you know, you're following up on a lot of different stuff there. And this is a huge topic, of course, because there are so many things you can do in order to drive traffic. You can buy traffic, you can organic traffic and so forth. Um, but if, if we start at the top there, what would you say are the most effective ways to increase traffic to your website if you if you're similar to popular a b2b tech company yeah i look it's a really good question i think it's always at the fore forefront of people's minds um the way i like to structure it and it comes down to structure with me um it's understanding which topics drive traffic um so for me the way the way I've seen mistakes happen in the past is like you try and view your website as a whole or you, you view it as all the individual pieces that make up your website. So all your different blogs and all your different resources and different pages. And you, you view the different performance of all of those things. And I think one way is too big and, and the other way is too granular. Um, so the way I like to view it is to create content pillars. Everyone out there will have subject matter pillars to their organization that are important. Um, so if it's marketing, it might be social media and email marketing and virtual events. They might be your pillars. Um, so anytime we produce a piece of content or any time that I feel like we, we produce something new, we'll attach it to one of those pillars and then we'll measure the pillars as a whole in terms of traffic and performance. Mm -hmm. So then we understand at the back of that is which pillars create traffic which pillars create conversions, which pillars create leads. So we understand if we need to scale up in a particular area, yeah, it's more social media bugs we need to create. And then you create, um, you have a really good balance between your lead gen team and your content team. And you create that collaboration because the content team, if they're producing are blind and the lead gen team are focused on numbers. You need to be able to combine those two worlds. Um, and I find we have a really good working relationship in, 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 in Popolo in terms of getting that out and going, actually, this is the topic that's really hard hitting at the moment if we want to get traffic. Um, and this is the pillar we should be focusing on. And, and, and then after that, it's the wordsmiths and storytellers that will really make that come alive. Mm, interesting. So pillar pages. And yeah. uh, can, we, can we give us an example of a pillar page, what it could look like in, in terms of, you know, uh, what do you put in there and how does it, uh, how do you take it from a pillar page drives traffic to conversion and, and do you see it as a campaign or is it more like an area of content where you try to get as much uh, organic traffic to as possible? No, I, I actually see it as always on our evergreen material that you're always publishing. Um, and I don't necessarily see it as pages. I see it as more tagging in the background. So the user, the outside front end kind of see, you wouldn't really see, you might see it in terms of sections on your blog or sections on your resources, but it's your analysis in the background that's all aligned to these different pillars. Mm -hmm. So it just gives you an understanding that, you know, it's, it's not this particular blog or it's not the website as the whole that's uh, bringing those traffic. It's actually this particular theme that, that essentially if we were to accelerate more content in that area, we'd get more traffic or we'd get more conversions. Um, and I suppose it aligns more so to the profitability side where you might understand that certain teams bring you a lot of traffic, but 
other teams might bring in less but more profitable leads and more profitable people, more senior people or more people in the area that you actually want to focus on. Um, so it can just help your, your content team get a bit more analysis in terms of what to actually create. Do you work as a sales, marketing or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. And uh, how many themes or pillars do you typically work with? Is it possible to have 10 or is it more like two or three or what's practical doable from your perspective? I think that's the hard part. And you're always going to have in an organization that's anyway sort of large, you're always going to have lots of voices in terms of we should be talking about this in in a big way. Um, But I think you need to keep it manageable from a lead gen thing. So like five or six pillars is kind of where I kind of land that. Um, and to understand the future of your content, like you don't add a new pillar in there unless you have a big plan to really create a lot of content on there, or you have a lot of stuff that can kind of move over into that pillar. Um, so it's, it's, it, it is quite small. You want to keep it quite tight so you, you understand it a bit better. Mm. Um, it could grow uh, out, out of control in one way. That's interesting. So, so a pillar is uh, obviously then made up of uh, a, a number of content pieces within a specific theme. Do you promote mm. these um, over social media or how do you promote the content and how, how do people find it? Is it only by organic uh, search engine optimization or is it other bought traffic as well? No, it's, uh, yeah, great question. Um, so we... I suppose in Popolo, we, we, we do have experts in, in terms of all the different channels. And when we produce a new piece of content, it's, it's, it's almost like a templated, coordinated approach where we, we all the different channels would promote it if, it if it's deemed right for that specific channel. So if it's, if it's a blog, for example, of course, it would go out on social, it might go into paid, it might go into email. And we're quite multi-channel in that regard. Um, like I do think... Our, our, our audience exists everywhere, it exists on every single channel, but you just have to understand, of, okay, is the content suitable? And then maybe the content just needs to be formatted different for different channels. Like, does it need to be a little bit more snappier on Facebook than it is on email and, and those sorts of differences? Um, so the, the outside formatting might look a little bit different to what's on the actual page in terms of just to get the most out of that channel. Hmm. So interesting. Hmm. So, um, what do you think about uh, web design? How do you create a web that is actually, you know, attractive to <laughs> to stay on and and you know get it to to rank high from a content perspective? Do you have any tips and tricks that you have been focusing on working with Popular? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think. I think the one thing, I think at the moment, there's a lot you can do. And I think there's probably more of the concern of overcomplicating things than, than, than simplifying it. And I, like, I'm all on making it simple. And um, I think it's very, it's, 
in, in stressful times where you have a lead target, it's very easy to go, okay, let's put a pop-up there. Let's put a, a, an intercom message or a pop-up message here, or let's put you know, a banner across the top and let's do all of these different things. And it becomes quite difficult for the user and it's a bad experience. So I, I'm much more of a fan of keeping things really, really simple and focus in terms of converting that lead. So you bring someone on and it's a free resource or it's a blog and there's no, there is a CTA on the page, but it's, 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 they mightn't click it like this, like they might not. Um, so I focus a lot on like retargeting on social media, growing our audiences. And we focus more so on say returning visitors and that rather and uh, uh, returning visitors and time on page rather than like, you know, um, first-time visitors and conversions. We, we try to focus on, okay, are they coming back to our site over and over again? Is it growing? Um, that, that's more so what I'd be more interested in. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a measurement thing. It's, it's, if, you can, if, you can, if you can set up your platforms to measure that type of information, you, you'll get a lot more data rather than just looking at the very top first visitor, first time they've been on the site. Um, I don't think you get an awful lot of information from that first activity. So interesting, yeah. Keep it simple and and don't clutter it too much <laughs> with the with the latest technology available. I think that's a very good tip and and a, a nugget to to take home there. And talking about measurements, I mean, marketing and measuring results. There's a lot of KPIs. So, what do you focus on when you want to know that your team is driving your results? Yeah. So like, I'm a big fan of like the HubSpot fly, flywheel model. Like I love the, the attract, engage, nurture, delight phases. I, I like to break every campaign we down in, we, we have running into those and, and define metrics for each section. And um, so like for an awareness, the awareness um, sector, we are focused on traffic. We are focused on video views and engagements. We are focused on those things. When it comes to lead generation and the engage factor, um, we're more focused on like picture rates, conversions on forms. We're more focused on the MQL in terms of is it, is it a good lead that's coming through? And then the nurture, we're more interested on, you know, them coming back to the stage, are they moving towards product? Are they looking at the product pages, et cetera? Um, I find using a strategy that's divided into those thirds, um, make you it organizes you and you're not looking at everything across every different platform you're looking at your your awareness campaign running here and you're only focused on traffic and you're only focused on engagement if leads come from that fantastic but it's not the sort the, the main uh, focus of that side of the campaign and the same way for the the lead gen i'm not so much worried about traffic here i'm worried on form fills i'm worried about conversion rates, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that once we, you get yourself into a structure like that for organizing your campaigns, um, it makes your life an awful lot easier as a lead gen person or a general kind of demand gen type person. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. And uh, do you hand off to sales when you have an MQL or do you keep it for nurturing? Uh, do you use an SDR? team to qualify them or how, how does the process look like yeah. 
Yeah, so we we pass we pass over to to sales around at MQL for sure, um, and then they can send it back if it's not qualified, or they can apply it into nurturing if they think it will soon be qualified and to go towards sales. But I suppose the relationship between marketing and SDRs and marketing and sales is very strong, and I suppose that's 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 been built over time and working together and. You know, people will often say, what's a good MQL conversion rate? Mm. I personally, it's, it's a different type of metric to be looking at. I, I would look at that. Actually, I think it needs to be, uh, it actually should be quite low, if anything, because you don't want to be just sending over leads that aren't going to qualify for sales. You want to send them over. You, you, you want to send them over when they're actually going to be sellable to, when they're actually warm. So understanding creating a relationship with sales, understanding when a lead is actually hot is actually important. You need to actually build that in. It's not about hitting marketing targets. It's not about hitting like a big MQL year on year on year on year and gets bigger. Um, you need to actually you know, work with your sales team and devise a lead scoring mechanism or something that aligns to sending over qualified leads, actually leads that will count. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's always a tricky question. Uh, but I, I, I do, and there's a, there's a ton of back and forth between sales and marketing with that, which is, which is good. It's good collaboration. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and these mm. are, I suppose there is no right and wrong answers here. Uh, it's just, you know, what you have developed that, that you feel you can fine tune and, and, mm. and, uh, and get your results improved on and, and so forth. So, so interesting to hear that really, really well. Where do you see, from your perspective, are the, hardest parts of this process in order to drive traffic and to convert it to leads where are the biggest pitfalls as you see it and you know from maybe as it as you said it's it's easy to spend time and resources in the wrong places and and maybe overdo it and then forget or having time to do other things so i just wonder what do you see are the the biggest problems or, or uh, pitfalls <laughs> to to end up in in this yeah, area. I, I think I think my my concept of the flywheel is a very like it's that every conference you go to and, and I'm sure you've covered it on, on this podcast before it's that analysis paralysis scenario of you've just too much metrics to deal with and you've exactly. like market, marketing is overwhelmed with the amount of information it has to deal with um, and it can also, it can also, it can make it. Metrics are there to make better decisions, and it's probably making it more difficult than anything at this at this current point. Um, so it's about organizing your data, understanding at the very beginning what data means for that campaign, what data you need to be collecting, um, and, and starting from that point. Um, if you if you don't have that, and you rush into creating a campaign and launching a campaign, you're gonna you're gonna find it hard to measure it. You're going to find it very difficult at the end. Um, I suppose another kind of pain point, I suppose it's more of a content-related one, but it's it's more so around the lines of, I suppose now with, with COVID-19 and, and everything that's going on in the world, people are generally fairly time poor, fairly, you know, there, there, there's difficulties that we're facing right now that we've never faced before. Um, and probably the digital advertising space has gotten more heated 
if anything. So there's more noise out there and people's attention spans are lower, in my opinion. Um, now there, there's certain metrics that are going up, virtual events are going up and, and, um, and an email is going up and certain channels is going up in terms of performance. But I would also look at it and go, now is your chance to really stand out. Um, like you really need to be personable. You really need to do personalization. You need to use all those, the main factors of marketing to get a response right now, especially. Um, if you go generic right now, I don't think you're going to get a, per, per, like a, a, a campaign that's going to be successful. Stock imagery and all this kind of stuff is not going to be successful right now. Um, you need to be way more succinct and way more personal. Um, so that's the big pitfall I find. I see a lot of people are kind of falling into is kind of, we need to get a campaign out the window, but it's, it's just right now is the period that you just don't want to be doing something generic. Um, you need to be doing, and that's why the boot camp was, for us, it was a standout event. It was, it was big. There was no one else in our industry really doing anything like it at that point. Um, it, it was collaborating with really interesting brands, really interesting people. And it, it was nowhere generic. It was, it was really unique. And, and it, like, as you said, it's difficult to pull something like that off, but it's not unachievable either. Loads of brands out there are, are doing it right now. It's just about, um, I suppose, jumping into it a little bit. And, uh, and I think that's what we did with the bootcamp. Absolutely. I think that's so uh, true. And uh, I know that was a big success for you. So we could go on forever here chatting about your great ideas and insights you have to offer in the inbound and website traffic uh, area here. But I know you're a busy guy, Mihail. So just to wrap it up, I'm so grateful for having you with us here. But if our listeners want to check you out more or, you know, check out popular more, where can we find you? Yeah, well, absolutely. My profile is on LinkedIn. More than welcome to connect. And if there is any questions, I'm more than happy to answer. In relation to kind of employee communications and our platform of Poplo, uh, poplo.com is, is the, main, the main source of knowledge. But, um, I, of course, I'd be more than happy to take any questions. Well, I'm sure there is a lot of interest to, to, to know more about all your interesting endeavors in uh, popular digital marketing. So thank you so much, Mihail. It was a pleasure to talk to you and I wish you all the best uh, on your uh, journey forward together with Populo. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.